Yes, it's another Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report. It's Wednesday the 29th of June and I'm Anthony Day. If you're vegan, you certainly won't touch dairy products. And if you're vegetarian, you may avoid them as well. Even if you're happy to eat anything, you may reduce your intake of dairy products because of the impact that industrial agriculture can have on the environment. It's possible to make a milk substitute from oats and from many other plants. Today, we learn about one plant you may not have thought of and find out what else it can do for the planet. Well, today I'm talking to Michael Kiriakou, who is founder and CEO of Gaia's Farming Company. There's growing concern about global food supplies. Some say the soil is becoming impoverished and we only have 60 harvests left. Much more immediately, we see disruption to global grain supplies as a result of the Ukraine conflict and the prospect of even more hunger in Africa. Maybe globalisation is a bad idea for food security. Maybe each country should be growing more food at home. The key issues must be what we grow and how we grow it. Michael, a crop which you believe is unwisely neglected is hemp. Tell us why it's important. Yeah, Anthony. Um, I mean, you have to look at many variables within the hemp ecosystem. Um, at, its, at its core, I think you need to look at sustainability measures of hemp, um, both from um, fetal mediation and carbon synchronization. Um, you know, we know the problem with the, with the planet right now is the, the carbon we're, we're humans are emitting as such. Um, we know that's a climate, we're in a climate crisis. Um, we have a, a plant that sequence um, more carbon than trees do, and yet we neglect it. We have a plant that adds more nutrients that, that takes out, yet we neglect it. Um, hemp is super plant, hemp is clean tech, um, and we need to be utilizing it and, um, and allowing farmers to utilize it in a far easier, far, far easier way. Um, okay, so you're telling us that it, it um, sequesters a very start, large proportion of carbon. You're telling us it improves the soil, but the plant mm -hmm. itself, what can we use that for? It is the most sustainable plant known to, known to civilization. It can be used for every single part of the plant can be used. You have the seeds, which obviously can, which we use, which we use for the, for the milk as such, hemp oil, you've got the fiber, the protein, flour, the, the, the value chain of the seed at every single stage, there's no wastage. You have the stalks, which are the shivs in the herd, they can be used for paper, biopolymers and beddings, um, ropes, um, you have the leaves, which can be used for medicine, minerals, um, and obviously cannabinoids. Um, you have the roots, which are used for farms, um, and the flower again, cannabinoids. It's it, it's completely endless. So when you when you plant a hemp, every single part of it can be used. So when you say cannabinoids, you're talking about pharmaceuticals rather than uh, uh, wacky backy. I imagine. Yes, I mean there are over 110 can cannabinoids in a hemp um, in hemp variety. We talk about one of them, which is CBD. There is over 110. There was a recent report, um, a scientifically peer reviewed report, which showed that CBD DNA. Uh, prevented COVID in a, in a clinical trial. And that's just one other. It's one other cannabinoid. Human beings all have endocannabinoid receptors, so it's, so that we're, our body wants to receive these cannabinoids. Um, and obviously, there's and people can do their own research, vast research in terms of um, you know for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's um, that cannabinoids have helped with. 
That's just one part of it. Where can we grow this plant? Uh, what sort of climate? I mean, can you grow it in the UK or is it uh, very specific to particular parts of the world? You can practically grow it everywhere. Um, but obviously, you get different different harvests depending on where you grow. So, for example, in England, um, you typically will get one harvest. Um, and let's say let's say in France, they can get typically two to three. Um, and there are there are reports of people being able to uh, harvest up to three a year. Um, but I think you have to work on a particular strain of the hemp. I think it's uh, more for its um, speed in terms of its harvest than, than anything else. As we use, we use a, a version of the, a variety of the plant that grows more for the seeds because we, what we want. So it grows a lot slower and it's shorter. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can grow anywhere really in the world. Right. Most food crops are annuals. In other words, they grow, they're harvested, uh, they're rooted out, and then more is planted for next year. Is hemp uh, an annual or is it a perennial? Will it grow back uh, next year? No, you, 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 it's annual, so you, grow it, you, you replant the following year. Um, so you, to be around September time, um, farmers will be able to harvest. But right. again, it, dep- it completely depends on the, on the farmer and what their kind of appetite is and what they're trying to achieve. Um, there are some farmers that use it as a crop cycle. There are some you know, farmers that use it to replenish the soil. So again, that's another completely different topic about how we need to allow farmers easy access to hemp, um, which at the moment is not that easy. Why, well, why is it difficult? Are there restrictions um, on growing the plant? Yeah, there's, you need a license um, from um, the home, home office um yeah it's a it's a it's regardless a, of the a, type a, of hemp yeah it doesn't matter variety. because i i understand there's there needs to be certain regulation within the hemp ecosystem because although hemp is a variety of the of the cannabis plant that does not have thc in it it still looks like cannabis so if you just allowed all um if you, if you allowed every farmer to grow the hemp and um, imagine a government trying to regulate if that's hemp or whether that's um, cannabis of the THC oh, variety so it needs to be regulation there and I, um, but at the same time they don't make it any easier we, um, people in the industry don't believe the home office should be regulating it should be um, department of environment um, but there's the, the regulations like it can't be near a school it can't be near an airport it can't be near certain roads um, and it can't be near other there's, there's, there's some silly silly regulations um, and there are there are cases I spoke to a farmer where he had some of his hemp plants and a small amount are stolen by some, you know, village, village hooligans. And, you know, they're going to go home and try and do something with it and not get very far because you can't physically smoke hemp. It's, it's, it's like you'll be no different to trying to smoke straw or trying to smoke grass. Um, so they're going to have a nice little surprise. But yet there, needs, there definitely needs to be some element of like control, which I completely appreciate and understand, but it's allowing it much, allowing it to be easier um, to, to get there because yeah, the way I kind of see it, and a lot of people see it is that hemp hemp is a superpower plant, plant and it's, it can do so much for the, both the economy and for farmers agriculture in general we can be leading and spearheading this but the government I feel a very luck cluster they know it's there We've been, it's been legalised since 1993 but they don't see it as that super plant because there's other other necessities or other you know let's put it interests that um, whether that's ethical or not, that they put ahead of that. You know, hemp, hemp was the first, the first plant known to be um, utilised as a textile. 
Um, you know, when the U when the UK colonized the US, they had a tax that made the US colonies farm hemp for its for the navy of the UK. We used to have sows made out of hemp. Yeah. But in the 1930s, with the birth of agroforestry and with um, the birth of plastics, they um, saw saw this as a threat. So in the US, they basically pinpointed cannabis and hemp as one and lobbied in government. Um, I won't mention names, but it was a certain corporation that this who were the biggest forestry owners in America. He was also um, running for, he was very influential in politics. And the fact the company's still around to this day. Um, and guess what is banned? So it was only legalized in the US statewide in 2018 under the Farm Act. Um, so, but here it's been legalized since 1993. Um, and it's just been plodding along. And unfortunately, people see hemp as that whole hippie movement. And like, yeah. you, see a, you see a hemp power, a hemp bag or hemp sandals, and it's associated with the hippie festival. Well, no, this is how we come along and other people coming along where we're trying to bring it into the modern day and with innovation and, uh, and, and re-educate people. People still ask us today, can, can they get high from it? We're like, no. Right. Well, you're actually producing a milk substitute from, from the seeds, aren't you? Yes, that's correct. Uh, tell us a bit about that. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's a very fascinating, fascinating world. You can, you can produce a lot from the seeds, but um, through aquafraxation, um, you can get um, basically a, yeah, a milk from, um, from the seed. It's distilled with water. And then you and it's very similar to milk and color and texture, um, with a nutty taste. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just amazing. It's just that we can replace uh, a plant. But we can replace obviously dairy industry and for vegans um, and people that don't want to drink dairy milk like myself. Um, it's a product, and also the, the benefit is is high in omega three and omega six. You know, so it's it's amazing. The key question, of course, is how does it compare on cost with dairy milk? Yep. So um, with the rise of dairy milk, it's uh, not too dissimilar, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it's we sell our product at between one eighty and two pound a, a, a unit, so a litre. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, people are used to premiums for um, plant-based milks. I mean, in America, you can, you're looking at like five dollars for a plant-based milk. So I think the UK is quite ahead of its time to the pricing. But um, so yeah. Right. And are you currently producing at scale? Can I find it in my local supermarket? Uh, not your local supermarket, but you will find it in more like local delis, farm shops, etc. Um, we are in talks with a few major supermarkets, um, but these things, you know, we launched in January of this year, um, and it's just about getting out there um, and, and get, getting feedback and seeing what people think. So we we mix ours with oats um, to give it a more all-rounded taste, because right. um, we appreciate that you know hemp is a very distinctive taste. So we're like, we know it's the best product possible to have. But we're like, how do we make it more commercially viable? So we add it with oats, which people are very used to now. Right. Do you have a website? Do you do you show on yeah. your website where uh, where your product can yeah, be? Yeah, you can go go to our website, it's guysfarming.co. Um, and they'll be able to see our website and more information about hemp. Um, yeah. Okay, so we'll put that link on, on the, yeah. the Sustainable Futures Report website so people can follow that. Okay, so you can make milk or a milk substitute. Mm-hmm. Um is the is the foliage useful for forage for livestock? So yeah, so um, I mean, if you look at the whole supply chain of the food system, so when, for example, for us, we can when we have the seed, we have uh, the whole hemp seed. What we typically do is we clean it, we clean it, then grade it. The lower quality grade seeds, aka the smaller seeds, that can be used 
for for livestock and for feed for and typically most farmers or equestrian sites will use it for premium a premium protein source and omega source um so there's that side then when it goes through its um processing we basically crush it to, to take away the, the shell so it's de hot so it's hold um and then what's left behind is in essence the shell of the seed that in itself can be there's two things it can be milled down even lower to make hemp flour hemp flour is obviously a, a very good gluten-free flour or we also can use it we can um not mill it and sell it sell that in itself for um for the um, fish feeding and for again horses um you also have um the stalk which can be used for um for animal bedding which is much better than um, typical straw it's more expensive but it lasts between two to four times um, longer it's anti-microbacterial um, and so when an animal will urinate on it it will not smell physically does not smell um, which is incredible but you know in this day and age with you know i'm sure your listeners will understand the, the cost of living these days is increasing just to try and how do you incentivize a farmer to then go spend more on his straw or her straw um just because of these properties so it's i mean there are many farmers that will um but when it's more expensive people conscious of their price the other problem of course is incentivizing farmers to actually to produce the hemp uh, given there are all these restrictions you've described do you find difficulty in actually getting the raw materials you need to produce your products no, there are there certainly are farmers that are committed i think the point is is that there are farm most farmers will have a crop a break crop um, and in that it's very easy just to mix it then there's obviously supply there's obviously a, a, obviously a lot of supply then but with hemp farmers typically they're just hemp farmers um, and they might have a break crop which might be something whether it's oats or wheat whatnot um, but if we allow farmers to um, to use hemp as a break crop in a far easier way then obviously the, the supply the price will get cheaper but in terms of what's available there's plenty of farmers in the uk there's farmers in you know france france the biggest um hemp farmers in, in europe i think about 70 percent of hemp comes from 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 france um but they're kind of focused on the agriculture sector so as you said animal feed and animal bedding you have the chinese who have france and china the only place in the world that have banned hemp um and china kind of focus on the construction and medicine and you have the Canadians who are very are focused on um, construction because you can make hempcrete, um, which is a more sustainable version of hempcrete, uh, concrete. Yes, I've heard of that now you mention it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's lighter weight as well, I think, isn't it? It's lighter weight. It's it, it's a carbon still when it's when it's in the home, which is incredible. Mm. Um, obviously, you're, you're using a, a natural byproduct um, from, from Mother Earth as opposed to chemicals derived from concrete, and it's fireproof. Um, it's not structural, um, but you obviously can build around that. Um, but yeah. Right. So there's lots of possibilities. But from what you're saying, it's a bit in the doldrums, a bit in limbo at the moment because there's no, certainly no government uh, interest in, in promoting it. Um, yes. Yes and no. I mean, there, there's company, the more companies like us that come about and, and, and spearhead have, they're going to take notice. Um, there's and obviously with the with the birth and the and the, the popularity of CBD, there is interest. You know, the government basically, I mean, unlike Europe where CBD is um, is but, still. But just explain what CBD. This is the uh, medical version of. It's um, a, yeah, it's a can, it's a cannabinoid within within the hemp plants. Um, it's basically like the 
alternative of THC, which is what people smoke um, or okay. um, consume. Um, so it's the complete opposite. So it's, a, it's more of a relaxant. Um, um, and when I say relaxant, it's not as if like you fall asleep, but it's you can have it in dropped format, you can have it in balm form. Um, and um, yeah, so in Europe, for example, it's still seen as skincare, which is kind of weird. But in, in the UK, we've, we've actually licensed it as a, full, a novel food act. So the government basically said, we accept that it's a food product. We don't have enough research on it. So you have to have a license to, have, to, to produce CBD. Um, but there are some legalities that are still baffling. So let's give you an example. If a farmer has one acre of, of, of land, he grows, he wants to grow hemp on it. If he grows that one hemp um, and he can sell the, the stalk for, for, you know, for, for textiles and he can sell the seed to us for, for, our, for our milk or for a farmer for his oil press, it has um, hemp oil. He's going to, let's say, arguments like have make 20,000 pounds from that. If he was allowed to use a flower for CBD, he would make 120,000 pounds. But the Home Office make all hemp farmers burn the flowers. But guess what the government allows to do is import CBD from, from Europe. So we, can support, so we can support French farmers. We can support Latvian farmers or you know, Lithuanian farmers or Polish farmers to, to, grow their hemp, to grow their hemp and their flower. But yet British hemp farmers cannot use the seed. They, they literally have to burn the flowers in the UK. That's one of the license regulations. Have to, and it's because the government have said, we don't know too much about it. We're not going to allow you to do anything with it. Again, I suppose it's the argument is, well, what if a farmer does grow THC variety and then he sells it? You know, but it's like, you know, half empty kind of mentality. It's, well, what hit, you know, it, it's, it's honestly baffling. And there are lots of people in the system, whether it's um, the British hemp, British Hemp Alliance, whatnot, who are trying to, we're trying to push that forward, that agenda forward to, 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 to allow that. Because, you know, if, if a farmer can make, you know, 80% more on his crop, then he's going to, he's going to, it's going to benefit the farmer long-term. Um, but so now the, the farmers have to um, apply for a license, which the first year is 500 pounds. They can't have a criminal ref, they can't, can't have a criminal history. Um, and there's a, then, uh, as I said earlier, there's no, not near a school, not near road access. There's a few other, a few other um, legalities. And then they get the license and then they're under review. And then I think the following year, it's two, 300 pounds every year. They've got to pay for this. Um, and yeah, one of the criteria is they have to burn the flower. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's almost when you look at it from the outset, it's like, what the hell? That's why there's a massive push to take this from the Home Office to the Department of Environment, um, where there, there'll definitely be a different approach to this. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, yes. It reminds me a bit, I did a programme uh, a while ago about insects for insect flower, mm. and mm. that industry seems to have fallen into legal limbo for the moment. Uh, again, mainly, I think, because the government's not interested or doesn't understand it. So, mm. well, all we can do is push. Yeah, I wish you uh, success, and I hope that you. you'll be able to overcome this and uh, go from strength to strength. And I'm looking forward to finding a local supplier and trying it out. I have to say I'm uh, not a vegan, but I am open to trying new new experiences. I, I will send you some. Oh, well, that's very good of you, Michael. Thank you very much for talking to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you very much, Anthony. Michael Kiriakou of Gaia's Farming Company. And Michael did, in fact, send me some samples. The milk substitute has a very mild taste and reminds me of raw runner beans. 
goes perfectly well on my muesli. In tea, it changes the taste slightly, and it doesn't lighten the colour as much as cow's milk does, but it's perfectly palatable. My wife didn't notice any difference when I put it in her coffee. We both found the chocolate drink perfectly pleasant. I tried mine with whiskey in to make a Bailey's substitute. Find out more about it at GaiasFarming.co That's it for this week. For various personal reasons, too complex to go into here, there will be no Sustainable Futures report on Friday. On Wednesday of next week, we'll be looking at another way of securing an ethical supply chain. Thanks for listening. If you are, thanks for being a patron. Oh, and have you noticed any difference in sound quality? Just in the bits at the beginning and at the end. I'll explain more next time. I'm Anthony Day. That was the Sustainable Futures Report. Until next week.